Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for joining me today. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Uh, welcome, uh, whether you're catching the show live or uh, on archive. Uh, appreciate your tuning in. And uh said a little bit about the show, a little bit about me for a minute or two, and then we'll kind of dive right into our uh, subject matter for the day. Uh, my name is Jim Ventura. I am a professional navigational consultant. That means my expertise is in astrology and numerology, uh, tarot, runestones. I work with all different kinds of oracles. I've done this for many years. I do uh, personal sessions uh, to guide people with those things and my own uh, uh, acquired wisdom of many years uh, here in my home office here in Phoenix, as well as uh, my phone. Um, if you're interested in any information about booking sessions, uh, just go to my website at jimventura.com and you'll get some info on some of the different offerings I have. And I currently have a new client discount promotion special as well as a little discount for returning clients too. So check all that out. Uh, I do a monthly column called uh, Snake Oil. I've been doing that for many years now. If you're not already receiving the monthly newsletter, email me at venturasage at yahoo.com. Uh, make sure you add your birthday when you send me the request because uh, uh, people get uh, big discounts on their birthdays every year who are on the mailing list as well for sessions. Uh, also, a uh, author, a couple of different published books. Again, all that information pretty much available uh, on the website, so check that out. Um, Snake Radio, of course, is our uh, almost weekly radio show. I usually do about three broadcasts a month, two or three. Um, well, maybe every other week, then I guess. Uh, been kind of doing a few less, but still making sure I continue to do the show. I enjoy doing it. Got a couple different formats to our shows. Today, uh, of course, is our beginning of the month show, so I'm going to do a live column read. Uh, my last column, whether you've read the column or have not, will be a good chance to kind of go over it again if you've already read it or a good chance to hear it. And then I'll talk about that in some more detail, uh, and we'll, we'll go into a couple other elements of uh, this particular column. So this column, uh, so I'm going to start with a live read, and uh, this particular column uh, I actually wrote back in 2008. Um, it's called Drippy Nose. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting circumstances around that that made me decide to rerun the column. So uh, I'm happy that I was able to do that. But uh, uh, so this, again, this story what was originally written was uh, back from uh, 2008, I believe, when I first uh, wrote this particular column. So uh, let's start with that. Uh, again, it's called Drippy Nose. Um, I recently sat in a Phoenix's Sky Harbor Airport waiting for my delayed flight to Las Vegas on a Sunday morning. My flight was delayed due to heavy rains in both Phoenix and Las Vegas. Since it doesn't rain very often in Phoenix, and three of my last six trips have been delayed because of rain, I had to consider the unlikely odds of this occurring so often. I carried a wad of tissues in my pocket to help me with my runny nose. I had a mild cold, which consisted primarily of some sinus trouble. I wasn't surprised that I was a little under the weather. The weeks before I left for a vacation consisted of a bad week financially, a credit card screw-up that cost me a lot of extra money, bad weather and a stream of family visitors for two weeks in a row. 
I enjoy my family and appreciate their visits, but it is a disruption to my normal routine. It also includes feelings of obligation to entertain them. The last time I had a type, this type of cold had been more than two years ago. The only other time since then that I've been sick was about six months ago when I returned from a family reunion in Los Angeles. I came home with a really nasty sinus infection. After my return from my family reunion, my practical conscious mind rationalized that my sinus infection was due to the tremendous vegetation blooming in California while I was visiting. I also figured that the flight itself may have contributed to my sinus infection. Yet, my wiser, intuitive self knew there was far more to this than physical causes. Almost all of my family reunions, whether they were, uh, uh, wherever they were, often resulted in a sinus infection. My, my nose had been raw from blowing it so many times. I had decided after my last sinus infection to see it as an opportunity to resolve a physical and emotional issue that my body was attempting to get me to recognize. Louise Hayes' brilliant book, You Can Heal Your Life, lists all kinds of physical conditions and illnesses and explains the psychological cause and where they come from. I've spent many years studying and validating the accuracy of the reality of emotional blocks and negative beliefs being the primary fuel behind physical symptoms. Sinus issues have to do with being irritated by people we are close to. My intense sinus infection was definitely triggered by my irritation to my family drama. In addition, I was even more irritated about the fact that I was sick at all. Many of my siblings also have sinus issues. I grew up in a home where my mother was the ideal stay-at-home-and-take-care-of-the-house-of-kids model of her time. My father worked long hours to allow my mother to do this. My childhood was a damn good one by most people's standards. Like all human beings, my mother did have a, a few flaws, though. Many of my siblings would suggest she has lots of flaws. Mom always, almost always had a runny nose. Tissues were an important commodity in our house. Mom's drippy nose was like, a hideous, like the hideous plastic slip covers that were there to protect our furniture. It was a funny, stable, yet unattractive part of my childhood. Mom also fit the definition in Louise Hayes' book of someone who was irritated by the people she was close to. She was often annoyed at my sisters, my father, the neighbors, you name it. Mom was at least mildly annoyed most of the time. Whether it was because she was German, an Aries, or just a New Yorker, she was a textbook example of someone who had sinus issues. Unfortunately, because of the tremendous influence of imprinting from our parents, shaping the way we see the world, most of my siblings and I now have the same issue. I've always been a bit of a perfectionist. While I'm extremely understanding and tolerant when it comes to my clients and the issues they are struggling with, when it comes to my close friends and family, I find myself being a little hard on them and often irritated by the mistakes that they make. My normal reaction for much of my life has been just get temporarily grumpy when they irritate me. On a few rare occasions, I lost my cool and acted like an ass. I learned long ago to apologize when I did this, though. My mother never really learned how valuable apologizing can be, which I sometimes think is not uncommon for Aries. I've already put a bit of work around my rectifying this part of myself. My sinus infection reminded me that I had more work to do here. 
actually had a, a nice time at my family reunion, but mentally I had a list of things that irritated me while I was there. The high cost of the hotel room, drama from various family members, eating more than I normally do. In true Ventura style, I was having a good time, but irritated for much of the trip as well. After my last reunion and sinus infection, I made a decision to work on my tendency to get so irritated by what people do or don't do. I learned a powerful mantra from studying angel cards that helped me tremendously with this. The mantra is, I'm willing to release the part of me that is irritated when I think of you. This is an excellent way of shifting one's perceptions of things because it doesn't require pretending that the bad behavior that someone inevitably did or didn't do or isn't happening. It simply reminds us that we have the ability to not focus on the part of us that is so irritated by what they are doing or did. This even has the potential to be effective in situations where someone has done something atrocious to us. Listen, we're not attempting to bullshit ourselves into believing an injustice hasn't occurred. Instead, we're simply releasing the part of our psyche that keeps rehashing and focusing on the outrage over the crime. If we're willing to evolve and let go of the ridiculous idea that events just happen to us randomly, we can actually take our personal power back. We can be willing to look at why we may have consciously or unconsciously created the events that are part of our life. The majority of situations we personally experience has something to do with how we see life and our beliefs about reality. Using myself to illustrate this point, my sinus irritation to people I'm close to is an excellent example. I developed a belief early on in life that people can be annoying and do dumb things. It's likely that my mother taught this to me because she believed the same thing. A natural desire to please and be like mom and dad is part of our childhood wiring. In addition, I grew up in an area of the country that placed value on pointing out stupidity. Common New York saying with many variations, what does that freaking idiot think he's doing? I became a person who was easily irritated because I was taught this. Now I have an opportunity to see that this belief actually brings more than my natural share of stupid things into my life. We get what we concentrate on. Thankfully, I've avoided the trap of thinking, I'm such a fool for blindly creating this. By not getting caught up in the feelings of inadequacy that can block me from resolution, I'm able to make better choices in the future. I can choose not to take what people do personally. More often than not, what people do really has nothing to do with us in the first place. If I let someone's actions make me unhappy, isn't that actually a way of giving them, giving my power to someone else? Aren't we actually giving people control of us when we let them affect and change our moods and how we feel about ourselves? Except in extreme cases of really hardcore abuse, the majority of the things that irritate us are pretty minor. If mother always criticizes you, your husband leaves the cap off the toothpaste, your friend is always late when meeting you, etc. Are these things really worth getting angry about? Since my last family reunion, I've been working on not getting irritated so easily. I had actually been doing really well and had no sinus issues for a really, for a really long time. While well, I sat in the airport contemplating my three-hour delay while it continued to rain heavily, the man next to me was talking loudly on his cell phone his accent and the endless lame flirtations and silly cliche jokes he told began to irritate me. Instead of focusing on that, I did some editing and got a few months ahead on my columns. 
The rest of the time, I had a nice conversation with the Canadian couple next to me. Who knows? My delayed flight might be saving me a few hundred dollars that I could have dropped gambling. I still have a little more work to do in regards to my tendency to get easily irritated. My flight delay was an opportunity to work on resolving and healing some more of this part of me permanently. I'm breathing much better already. Okay, so I wrote this column in January of 2008. So actually, this was now that I think about this, 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 my that family reunion was back in 2007. Uh, what's interesting in terms of the timing of all of this that I will bring up is uh, I cut a couple of, of things uh, that I want to kind of mention. I don't want to go over some of this in more detail. Um, I I brought I wrote this column uh, again back in late 2007, early 2008, and uh, I, I had gotten a sinus infection uh, at the end of, of January of, of 2014. And I hadn't had one in many years, and I was actually pretty thrilled by that. I mean, a number of different factors went into that. I've done acupuncture uh, a number of times and Chinese herbology, which I think has strengthened my immune system. Uh, I've done, uh, uh, I've been, I, I eat local honey, which strengthens your immune system. I, I often take bee propellus, another immune system strengthener. So, uh, you know, I just don't really get sick very often. And, and I, I, you know, I used to get sinus infections all the time when I was younger and colds and things. So, Now, I'm 50 years old, and I'm pretty much never sick. So I wasn't thrilled that I got a sinus infection at the end of January, but I'm going to tell you about where that came about. Before I get to that, let me kind of reiterate a point here, guys. Listen, depending how metaphysical you are, when you first begin to contemplate the idea that your beliefs and your emotions and your thoughts affect your physical health, you know, it intuitively feels right, but intellectually it can feel uncomfortable. We were not taught this in this culture. You know, when somebody sneezes on you, oh, no, I'm going to get a cold. Um, uh, Listen, you know, (laughs) every time someone sneezes on you or you're exposed to a virus, you don't obviously necessarily get sick. So there's something else going on here. So as we talk about all of this, understand that I'm not in any way taking away from the idea that there are physical components behind getting ill. you know, for instance, if you smoke repeatedly and end up with lung cancer, obviously the uh, smoking in a very tangible way contributed to you getting lung cancer. But here's a deeper thing that we're sort of kind of getting to, and maybe I'll talk about this a little more in a second. But, you know, the thing is the energy pattern behind cancer, emotion, psychologically, is usually hopelessness and anger. The tobacco... Um, what tobacco does when, when people smoke energetically and to our emotional uh, bodies is it curbs or temporary mass anger or a sense of powerlessness. So, again, you see the events themselves are interconnected. Absolutely, the smoking causes cancer, but there's something else going on there as well, too, that is in play. So uh, that's what we're kind of getting at here. We're not disregarding the physical causes. What we're telling you is there are multiple uh, elements that go into any type of illness or difficulty that we experience. And the good side of understanding this is if you go into any type of illness or difficulty yourself, whether minor or major, if you can uncover what the root is emotionally and psychologically, often you can increase the uh, potential for healing um, the particular illness or issue. So uh, it, it's, we're not talking just esoteric stuff here, guys. This is useful. 
in the most pragmatic way. Uh, and, and that's always something that I, I, I work at stressing. All right, so I'm going to come back around to that a little bit. Um, getting back to uh, my uh, my experience to talk about that as a reference point and where the, uh, the, the sinus infection came from. You know, a, a couple, about mid-January, I had planned a, a Vegas trip, um, and it was actually planned long before that, but it was for late, uh, for late January. And I was very excited about the trip. I invited a very, very good, close friend of mine to go. Um, the plan was that uh, she was going to go with a friend of hers over the weekend. I was going for a four-day trip. I decided to leave a little earlier on Wednesday, and then they were going to, her and her friend were going to drive in on Friday, and then we were all going to drive out together on Sunday afternoon. So I ended up, of course, I booked a flight out knowing I was driving back with them. So even though I had checked with her, when I, uh, about a, a week or so before the trip, I got a text from her saying, you know what, money's a little tight financially. I don't think I'm going to be able to pull off this Vegas trip. Listen, my head almost exploded because I already bought the flight, the ticket. So this means if she doesn't go, I'm either going to have to throw away that ticket and, and drive up well, I'm going to have to buy a return ticket, which will be double the cost. So I was pretty pissed, uh, especially because she was getting a complimentary room. She was going to stay in my room. She had to pay for the room. I get my rooms comped anyway. Uh, a lot of the meals would have been comped. Um, we were in a slot tournament where we were going to have the potential to win seven grand to split, possibly, which we didn't. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, but there were so many perks to this trip that she didn't need to bring much money with her anyway. So I got very angry. And this is a really close friend, someone I've been friends with for like 20 years. And I really was hurt and I was angry and I was pissed off for a couple of days, you know, forgetting all my knowledge here about not getting pissed off to people we're close to, otherwise it can end up in sinus stuff. Uh, <laughs> and then again, tying in that usually late January, February is sinus season here in Arizona as well too, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I had about four days I was really pissed off. I finally kind of got it. After about four days, I kind of released the pissed off thing, and I just thought to myself, you know what, I don't really, it doesn't really matter if she goes or not. If she doesn't go, I'll go myself. So what? The trip was, uh, the flight in was inexpensive. I'll drive my car up. Um, you know, I throw away a $65 plane ticket. not really the end of the world. I don't want to make her uncomfortable if she doesn't want to go. I have such a great time to go on my own anyway. So I kind of got that after four days of brewing. Of course, the illness was already in play now because of my brewing. Uh, but I got it. And the funny part of the story is the moment I got it, I was just cool about it. I was actually going to send her a text and say, you know what, chill, don't worry about it. You know, I'm not going to make you feel guilty about not going. If you don't want to go, don't go. She actually called me, and she was like, hey, you know, I've been thinking about this. I, I don't even care if my friend goes or not. I really want to go. I really need this vacation. I don't care. I'll drive up by myself if necessary. So she was very excited about it. I laughed the moment I shifted. Of course, she kind of shifted. And uh, she inevitably went, a different friend went with her. We had an awesome time, and uh, it was great, really, really good trip. I, I, I spent four days and four nights in Vegas on the entire trip because of the money I won the last night. It ended up costing me $56 total, by the way. Um, and I'll interject that I have a book that teaches people how to use casino comps the way that I do as well called Free Ride. You can hit me up about that if you're interested in that subject, but that's entirely different from this point right now. So anyway, uh, it, it worked out great. 
you know, and I had to think about that. She's been such a good friend for so many years, and the really truth behind it was that she was, that's what I recognized, she had never driven somewhere by herself. So that was scary to her. The person she was supposed to go with backed out. I mean, this other issue, she'd gone through an accident a year, year ago, and she was a little nervous about driving because she was equilibrium and still rebuilding, and a number of other factors went into play. But it ended up working out great. Awesome for her because now she'll get in a car and drive anywhere after that trip. So it ended up working out beneficially across the board. But again, I was already pissed. So the funny part of all of this is the sinus infection showed up, um, and then I had a family reunion in the middle of February anyway. But here's the good news. After this sinus infection, after me figuring all this stuff out, my family came and went, and I had no sinus issues or anything. And the, the, the family trip, everyone had come to Phoenix. My, I've got family all over the country. Almost everybody came. You know, it was this unbelievably smooth trip. Uh, the weather was gorgeous. It was in the upper 70s, low 80s, weirdly enough, in mid-February here. And they were all coming from cold-ass places, most of them. And so everybody had a great time. There was no difficulty. It went really smoothly. But I just had that in the back of my head that even if there is things to irritate me, I'm not going to get irritated. I just don't want to get sick over it anymore. So it ended up working out really kind of awesomely, so to speak. Um, so that's my uh, that's it in a nutshell, what the cause was behind that. So, you know, one of the things that I, I write about, if you read my column um, and my books, and certainly if you have personal sessions with me, you know, I try to get people to get into the position of responsibility for recognizing how you create your reality. You know, while I use tools like tarot, astrology, numerology, things like that, um, they're, and they're awesome, incredibly useful. Uh, they still are a reflection of what you're in essence creating through your beliefs and your reality. That's why I call myself a navigational consultant as opposed to a psychic, even though I'm very intuitive, I pick up a lot of things about people, but it's more that I help people navigate and maneuver. So the thing is, we're always creating our reality. That's the point that I always get at toward people. So we have to look at where a wound is or dysfunction and shift it around. That's the beauty of, of owning that type of awareness. You can change your reality and, and have a more harmonious life when you understand where your own blockades are. Once you change it internally, eventually, and sometimes quickly, you see the external change. You know, I had a client the other day that was very interesting. He was... A new client, um, he had uh, his numerology chart done. He did his whole full name, everything, the whole chart. He had a longer session, so he was able to get all that, as well as a tarot reading, an angel card pull, like I do a lot with new clients, um, a little astrology. And after we did the numerology, he had said to me, wow, I can't believe how right on this is. Uh, it's bizarre. He said, if your name sets all this in motion, then we must not really have any choice in the matter. And I had to, I had to stop him, and one remind him that that, that that in some way that is actually a good observation, it's a very intelligent one actually, because yeah, how if you your astrology dictates this, if your numbers dictate these things, um, then where does choice come in? But the deeper truth is, choice absolutely does come in, really almost in in, in every avenue. You know, I always tell people this, it's sort of a good way of looking at it. Think of your numerology or your astrology as not so much making decisions for you but it's the blueprint behind what you came into this life to do. So we don't come in randomly. We have a higher self. We set certain lessons and things in motion and in play. 
um, to have experiences, and then we come and have them. Um, you know, so astrology will not tell you what you're going to do, but when, it'll show what your disposition is. So, for instance, the way a Scorpio reacts to something is going to be very different than the way a Gemini often would in that respect. So it's going to, in that way, you don't have choice, so to speak, um, but uh, because of disposition. But the truth is, you still do, because we always make decisions. That's what life is about. We make choices. We make decisions. Uh, I, I'm going to eventually do a show and talk about karma, but one of the things that I always tell people in a very simple way to explain karma is, is when you take away another person's choice, you have created what would be called a karmic ribbon with someone that will have to be repaid and paid back. So let me use an extreme example uh, of this. Uh, you know, for instance, if you kill another human being, in some ways you've taken away their choice. They did not necessarily have the choice about whether you killed them or not. Although at some level uh, they have in some ways agreed to the experience, but that began certainly not consciously at any level. But because you've taken away that person's choices in some respects, now there's what is called a ribbon that needs to be burnt. Um, I just want to mention that just to, to be aware of it. So again, we make choices all of the time. Uh, you know, listen, we, we, you know, making the choice about having a ham sandwich or a salad for lunch isn't a major decision, but it's still a decision. So we, we, make, we do make decisions we make choices all of the time. Um, picking up a cigarette to smoke it is a decision and a choice. We may have a disposition toward it already from our astrology or other factors, but listen, having disposition sort of thing doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to do it. You know, I've got um, kind of a healer-fixer relationship uh, modality in my astrology chart. You better believe in my 20s, even to my early 30s, all my relationships were with wounded birds um, <laughs> that I tried to take care of. Because um, I'm 50 years old. I don't have those types of relationships anymore. I will still find people attractive sometimes in that way, but I don't act on it. So I, you know, I'm, I'm better at receiving. I'm, I've got that more balanced. So I don't have those types of relationships anymore. Um, I didn't change my astrology. It's still there. I changed my choices that I've made by understanding the astrology. So that's what I'm kind of getting at here as well. Uh, and, and by the way, the next show I'll be doing will be, I think it's on the 19th, I am doing um, the Michael teaching shows. Um, if you didn't catch the first one, this will be the second show. Uh, you definitely want to go back into the archives and catch that. Um, this next show on the 19th, I will be talking about soul age. And um, I can't even, <laughs> this is one of those type of things when you hear it and you understand it and you learn it, you will understand how awesome it is to understand your soul age and the soul age of other people. It will be like a million puzzle pieces coming together in your psyche in understanding how life works uh, in that respect. So I highly recommend that. That a sales pitch there. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, check that out as well. Uh, but again, kind of what I'm getting at here is I want to go back over a couple of points here that I kind of brought up in the uh, in the uh, in the uh, in this particular uh, column. Um, so uh, anyway, let's let's go over a few of these things. I you know I tried to even when I'm reading, I'm thinking in the back of my mind, I'm taking notes. And, and before I, I get into making some more commentary on this, I want to make, I want to tell you guys something that will probably make you laugh. Anyone else who's a writer, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I always have to remember this when I when I do some writing online through my writing uh, application. 
I get it. This happens every once in a while where I write something and I haven't saved it yet, and then when I'm spell checking it, the system goes a little wacko and it shuts down. I just had this happen today. I was typing something up like a half hour's worth of writing, and then I'm spell checking it and it freezes and then it shuts down. And I have to reopen it, and guess what's gone? Completely gone because I never saved it. So I, every time this happens, and it does every once in a while, I just want to, oh, it just pisses me off. But then, of course, I laugh. It's not the end of the world. Um, but then I just remember i got to save it as you go, uh, <laughs> even if it's not spell-checked yet, because, uh, man, it's just such a hassle when you lose that. It's, just, it's almost comical in, in how, how crappy it is when, when that happens. I just had that happen right before I did today's show. I was like, are you kidding me? You know, I just wrote all this, and it's gone. But uh, then I remember the mantra, I'm willing to release the part of your, me that's irritated when I think of this, and I find the humor in it. So reminding, uh, reiterating that point. Okay. So, uh, again, a couple of things I want to get to. Uh, I mentioned the book, You Can Heal Your Life, by Louise Hay in this piece. Uh, you know, I, I jokingly say that is one of the uh, necessary metaphysical books slash Bibles that every metaphysical person needs to have in the house. Um, it's awesome. Um, I think she's got a more expanded version. It was originally written, I believe, in the 70s, so it's been around forever. Um, and it has been around forever for good reason. It's a brilliant book. Louise Hay is awesome. Um, but it's great because you, you begin to get into that process of looking up what a different illness is and then seeing what the meaning is behind it. Uh, for instance, like people who are diabetic, the energy pattern behind diabetes is having resistance to the sweetness of life. Now, it sounds like such a simple thing, but because it's more complicated, but there's a truth behind that, uh, energetically and emotionally. So she gets into all these different types of illnesses and things, and, and I'll tell you from, from having worked with this type of concept for years, it's right on. There's almost no variation to it in terms of people that are sick without that particular element or variation emotionally or psychologically at some level operating. Uh, so, I mean, the good news behind that is, listen, uh, illnesses are not random. They're not. You know, they, they're, they're, they're multiple causes that go into them. So this is just a great book to have. Again, highly recommend um, Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life. Definitely grab a copy of it. I mean, like I said, because I know initially when I first worked with it, it many, many years ago, you know, there were times when I was like, it can't be that simple. I mean, like, if you, if you work in a coal mine and you have issues with your lungs, it's because you work in a coal mine. You know what I mean? Um, but then you do, you start thinking about it and what drew you to working in a coal mine as well and other factors that come into play also. So there's always more to, to it. So definitely recommend that. Um, you know, I, I'm very lucky when it comes down to it because in my family, we've got a very, I've got a pretty large family. Um, I grew up with six siblings. Um, again, like I mentioned, the peace, mom stayed at home. Um, and uh, I joked about my Aries mother. I'm not Aries, I'm Sagittarius, sun sign. But my mom never, ever, like, apologized for anything. She always would, like, if she had a you know, fight with mom or she was mad at you, she might just eventually gloss over it, but she never actually directly go in and apologize. And I, I've said that to a few Aries, and I just see some of them uncomfortably nodding, and then a few of them are like, no, I'm very good at apologizing, and they get defensive about it, <laughs> which is always very cute. Uh, that, oh, no, I, no, it's not true, you know. Okay, relax. Um, we're not we're not talking that everything is uh, definitive in terms of how signs respond, especially because we're made up of so many other components. You've got rising signs and moon signs. Your sun sign is just one part of who you are. 
Uh, so yeah, we grew up in a in a very you know very uh, you know really comfortable house. I mean, a lot of my friends were jealous in a lot of ways about what we had. You know, most people didn't have such a normal quote unquote family. Although behind closed doors, I don't know how normal it was. Um, but yeah, my mom always had a drippy nose. I mean, I remember that. I mean, even though it's being like a little disturbed when she was cooking about whether her drippy nose was going to end up in her food. I know that's really gross, and it probably didn't. She was a very clean person, but, uh, you know, tissues were all over the house in that respect. But listen, my mother was irritated almost all of the time. She was irritated if my father worked too much. She was irritated if my father didn't work enough. She was irritated with the neighbors. She was irritated with my sisters. She was irritated with my brother. You know what I mean? My mom was always irritated. In fact, that's how I won a lot of favor with my mother, because my mother was bitching and moaning about my brothers and sisters and other factors, I would just kind of listen to her. And I just became her sort of sounding board, didn't react to it too much. And she liked that, made her like me better. And I still, to this very day, get my brothers and sisters telling me how I manipulate mom. But yeah, just go listening. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> the, uh, uh, so yeah, tissues were definitely part of the game. So, you know, and that's also another thing I mentioned too, like I was a New Yorker. You know, we were predisposed toward that disposition sort of a bitching about things in a lot of ways. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a New Yorker posture that a lot take. Um, and I think that's very funny because I notice that when I go back to New York um, that, uh, you know, it does seem people a little bit, a lot more irritated than they necessarily are here. I know when I moved here years ago, um, Every time I would go back to New York, I moved here 25 years ago from New York to Phoenix. I grew up on Long Island, and uh, I know uh, when I when I moved, when I go back a few months later, a year or two later to visit my friends, are always like, God, you're like so mellow. You're like, you know, you say, dude, and you're so mellow, and you know, you lost your edge. And I was like, Yeah, I lost my edge. Thank God. Which is comical for anyone who listens to me, talks to me, to think that I've lost my edge because I still think I'm a biatch but uh, just so much less so <laughs> than what I noticed with a lot of New York. Uh, but I was actually back in New York in, the, in October, and I really found most of my friends and the people I was around to be a lot more chill than, than I remembered. Maybe they're making some shifts as well. But, yeah, we were we were predisposed toward this. You know, I tell people this all the time because I get clients that are very stressed out. Like sometimes when a client goes through a divorce and they have a breakup with their spouse or partner and if they've got children together, they can get very, very frustrated with one or more of their children when their children are showing behavioral characteristics of, say, uh, their husband. But it's a woman, and she's divorced, and she's got a 15-year-old, and she's got two kids. One kid's the good kid, and the other kid is the one that's a pain in the ass and a lot shows a lot of the similar attributes of the husband or ex-husband. I always tell people, listen, what we resist persists. In other words, somehow we haven't forgiven or released our irritation with our ex in that level. And uh, and then, of course, then we're, we're presented with the idea of it showing up on our face again through our children, who we have to love, and that becomes kind of the test. You know, to me, that's one of the just major dynamics behind reality on the physical plane. You know, whenever you, listen, like, you know, for instance, I, I, I say this kind of humorously, if someone is extremely racist, say you've got the white person that just hates black people, for instance, and then some of that other ridiculousness. You know, if you don't learn how to tolerate, how to understand, how to recognize recognize that race is really largely irrelevant 
to an evolved person understands that that is a, that's more like a just a characteristic. It's still everyone strives to have happiness and be successful and do well and be loved. You know, if you struggle with that so much and you hold on to that position, you're going to inevitably um, find you say three of your daughters are going to end up marrying black guys, and then you're going to have a stroke, and then you'll have that may have they'll have kids mixed race kids, and then you're going to hate what are you going to hate those kids? So life will test us when we're resistant to things in that way and force us to accept, to grow, and to love one way or another. If someone's very, very homophobic, you better believe there's a good chance you're going to have their kids and end up gay. You know what I mean? Uh, there's just there's a certain system built into the structure. And what we don't learn in one life, we're going to inevitably learn in other lives in an even more difficult way if we're still resistant to it. So, um, you know, to me, there is this kind of... Uh, reality order behind our own evolution in, in, in our life. So again, getting back to the point I was making about the mother being uh, being frustrated with the ex-husband, you're going to, you know, the key is, you don't, say you've got an ex-husband and he's mean and vicious and you got rid of him for that reason, then your kid starts to be a little mean and antagonistic and vicious. You know, again, it means that somehow you've not come to a neutral understanding of that. It doesn't mean that you need to let someone be abusive to you, including your own kid. It does mean that you have to understand for that, their own reasons that child has chosen some of those characteristics to work through those things as well. And also we often get very lopsided in our point of view on things about what's quote-unquote good and quote-unquote bad. Um, so this is, again, these are, these are very, very normal tests that, that potentially uh, uh, come into play and, and happen uh, in life. Um, I get back to a few more comments about my piece here because I'm running into all kinds of tangents. Very Sagittarian thing to do as well. Uh, um, so, you know, I mentioned that my mother had trouble apologizing. You know, uh, that's the thing. Uh, when I was younger, I did too. Uh, but I early on learned how to apologize uh, if I've made a mistake because it's a very powerful healing modality and also so good for releasing issues yourself. In other words, again, because, you know, listen, whether we made a mistake, um, you know, most of the mistakes that happen are just misreads behind other people's motives and why they're necessarily doing it. My mother, she's 81 years old. She'll be 82. Uh, I think she's gotten a little bit better about this over time. Uh, I certainly am good at it. I, I, again, I know how to apologize to me. I, I see apologizing when you, quote, unquote, wrong as like a get-out-of-jail-free card, you know. Because uh, I know uh, even... When people do crappy stuff to me, um, I you know I, I tell you the truth. You know, unless someone does something unbelievably horrific, if they apologize to me, I forgive them. You know, I just do. Uh, I just I don't really like to hold a grudge. Uh, I think it's not really my thing. And that says I get pissed off for a little while, but I usually purge it through fairly quickly. So, you know, in extreme cases, you may not want to hang out with that person, or you know that they may damage your relationship or friendship, but. It's an issue of continuing to be irritated about it that often does kind of uh, suggest an influence of the sinuses. In fact, you know, in a, in a lot of different metaphysical websites, they mention that the sinuses themselves are the kind of the organ, so to speak, of the body that stores our, a lot of our spiritual energy, our intuitive energy. So it is not uncommon for people that are intuitive or spiritual to have sometimes have sinus issues as well, too. So uh, very interesting that I, I read that, and that, that makes a lot of sense to me because I had a predisposition toward it. But again, uh, my sinuses are so much better uh, than they've ever been because of a lot of this different type of healing work that I have been able to do. Um, so, okay, 
couple more comments about this, and then we'll finish up for today's show. Um, you know, I mentioned in the piece, too, that, you know, there is a wisdom in learning how to um, get rid of the ridiculous idea that events just happen to us randomly. Listen, at one level, one, they don't. You know, we're always drawing things into a, our life at some level. Um, so uh, the key of that is that when you own that, you create your reality through your thoughts and your beliefs. The key of it is that if you've got areas that aren't working well and you're frustrated with, you don't want to then beat yourself up and say, oh, my God, I'm so stupid. Why have I created this? Why did I create years of pain and difficulty for myself? Listen, that's just a useless loop to get on. You know, for your own reasons, your own purposes, we believe certain things at different times, but that's where the beauty of life comes in. We have a choice in how we can respond to things, and we have a choice about whether we get irritated or not. And that's, again, something I really wanted to point out here, that that's where we always ultimately have power. It's that ability to not get frustrated, even if it's frustrating. Because kind of ultimately what you're boiling it down to is if you're still pissed off about what someone something somebody did to you even recently or years ago or even decades ago, you know, that person isn't really doing anything to you anymore. You're choosing to still keep rehashing it and be frustrated and irritated about it. You're choosing it now. I've had people say, well, how do you stop being irritated? I say, listen, easier said than done, but absolutely unequivocally doable. And what I mean by that is it just takes practice. That mantra of I'm willing to release the part of me that's irritated when I think of you is powerful. Because if you say it enough, it's kind of a fake it until you make it. Um, listen, a part of you will inevitably kind of uh, absorb that and, and finally, you know, stop being irritated. It, it, it really does work for me. Sometimes it may, if it's really something that really pissed me off, it may take me a day or two before I move through it. But for the most part, a lot of times I get it through fairly quickly. It's just because I've told people this, and it's very funny. I don't like to be mad and angry. It's just a sucky emotion to feel. You know, it feels much better to be happy and joyful or even just neutral. You know, you may not necessarily get to a point where you want to go dancing through the daisies with someone that pissed you off, but you can at least get neutral about it, understanding that, you know, there's other reasons behind that person's behavior or the situation. You know what I mean? We don't have to be reactive to it. And again, that's just what I say. I don't like being irritated. I think that we only have a certain amount of time in this world and this life, and I want to make it as fun and enjoyable as as possible. Um, you know, I, and I've gotten really a lot better at that with, with age, that I just don't get so pissed off so easily. Why? Why bother? Um, you know, you can you can use that energy elsewhere. You know, in astrology, that has a lot to do with Mars energy and also sometimes Pluto energy and looking at where that comes from as well. But that's all for another show. Okay, um, looks like we're just about to finish up here for today's show, so I want to mention a couple of things real quick to you guys. I'll be back on again on the 19th for the Michael Teaching Show. Definitely catch that. Um, you might want to catch the first show already on archive before you listen to this one. But all the shows will be a different theme, so you don't have to have actually caught all of them, but I would highly recommend it. Um, I went to the, I'm not going to be able to get to it this month because I've got a vacation at the end of the month, but I will do an astrology up show at the end, uh, at sometime in April. So uh, that will definitely be happening. And then uh, I will do about 20 minutes, a half hour of live calls um, during those shows for, for many readings for people. Um, I'm not doing too many of those shows. 
um, but I will still do one every other month or so. Um, so we'll be doing that in addition to another Michael class as well as my Colin Reed. So I'll probably be doing three shows in April. Um, again, if you're not really getting my uh, monthly newsletter, email me for Sag at yahoo.com. Get added to the mailing list. Blind copied out. No one will get it from you. Great columns. A lot of good information and all kinds of specials and things as well. And uh, if you're interested in personal sessions, go to jimventura.com. Check out my website and take advantage of the new client discount special or the returning special that I'm also running. So, again, thanks for tuning in to Snake Oil Radio. This is Jim Ventura signing out. Everybody have an awesome spring. I think we're getting close to that. Uh, it's already spring-like here. We're supposed to be in the mid-'80s by the end of this uh, by this weekend. So it's a little warmer than I want it to be, but I still like it. Anyway, thanks for tuning in to the show. Uh, everybody have an awesome day, and uh, we'll catch up with you next time.